This is the greatest looking and sounding podcast on the internet. It's true. Well, that's only because you're on it. If you're fucking retarded, if, you don't, if you're one of those people who takes the, the, the mouse and cl- tries to turn on your computer like this, like it's a remote control. That's Wait, a, there are people who do that? Because that'd be really funny. Yeah, there are. I mean, just imagine yeah. people, why isn't this turning on? <laughs> why isn't this turning on? You hear about that, like people who uh, work at like those, um, you know, tech advice you know, like if you go buy a fucking Toshiba or a Dell, like the IT it, crowd guys, yeah, the IT guys. It's like it's like I don't know how to turn on my computer. Is it's it like, plugged well, in? Well, what have you tried? And, and that that audience is who we're going for. We're going for the audience who just now figure out how to download podcasts, and they probably think that this shit is Star Wars. Like they probably think that this shit is like the. <laughs> and best eventually, they realize you're more like George Lucas. Yeah, than they want you to yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm I'm less Empire Strikes Back and a lot more Episode uh, Two. Episode Two. So that that's how you describe Geekscape. Um, so guys, you stumbled on somehow. You stumbled on to Geekscape. We are recording. Uh, this is episode eighty six. We eighty six. Yeah, we've, this is the episode we die. <laughs> we, this is the episode we quit. Uh, <laughs> we've been running for well over a year now, uh, and if you're just now joining us for the first time, all we talk about is movies, video games, and comic books. So if you're not interested in any of that stuff. Go ahead and turn it off and uh, go enjoy a different podcast. There's plenty up on the internet that look exactly like this. Two jackasses talking. What about um, fantasy football? We can talk fantasy football a little later, but uh, the one thing that this show likes to do every week is have a new co-host to talk about movies, video games, and comics, the latest news and reviews. And this week is one of our regular guests, one of our regular behind-the-scenes the, the people. It's true. Ben Dunn, who was on the very first Geekscape, Mm-hmm. We went up to his native Seattle and uh, checked out his comic book store there in the Seattle area. He moved down to um, L.A. to become uh, an actor. You, you were an actor, but you came down to, you know... Make money. Make some money at it. Yeah. And I don't care about fame. I don't care about popularity. I just want money. As you I, I don't care about my art form. You know, no, this is a this is a matter. this is a film business. Uh, That's right. So Ben came down here, and he's been a, a pretty much a staple of... Uh, Geekscape ever since with uh, VJ Kerr who is still battling uh, interdimensional demons. He'll be back on Earth soon, I hope. It sounds like he's going through therapy. When you say well, that. I haven't no, no. even VJ's in a different dimension. Right. Yeah. He's in the Sony dimension, and I like I recently purchased a <laughs> PlayStation Three, and I still haven't seen him on there. VJ's not on like oh. our plane of existence. Oh, uh. Ben knows what dimension he's in. Actually, yes, <laughs> it's he's a Sony. in the Sony. It's dimension. a Sony dimension. We also have our good friend Brian Gilmore over here. Uh, that's camera left. He's over here recording in lieu of uh, VJ, who's protecting all of us from intergalactic takeover. Um, Superhuman samurai cyber squad. Oh, VJ! VJ basically is like the fucking Green Lantern in charge of protecting the Earth. I you recently know? just really wanted to get into Green Lantern, but we can talk about that later. I well, guess. no, no, we can talk about it now. Uh, when you, when you Wait say comics, we'll get no, your intro you sh- to Green Lantern. Shut the. F- well, all I'm saying is, is why, what makes you want to get into Green Lantern? I don't know. Besides like, us talking about it, we love it. That's really it. Like I hear, like hearing all through the Sinestro Corps. Like when you were talking about the ending, that last issue of Sinestro Corps, was I was like, phenomenal. I really want to read this, but I'm going to have to wait for the trades to come out. And I guess they should be out by now because I was like a year did, ago. Did wasn't you it? did you start with Green Lantern Rebirth? I haven't started at all. Okay, period. okay, that, that's a good starting point. That'll give you all about the Green Lantern stuff, and then you can jump into this intergalactic war. Uh, but uh, that's a really good thing. If you guys want to jump into Green Lantern, start with that Green Lantern rebirth. Um, but yeah, we have an order to things <laughs> here yeah. in Geekscape. One thing that we do pride ourselves in, it's discipline. 
Right. Um, ben Dunn, as we all know now, is a thespian here working. He likes to pat. What the fuck is that? Booty so you belly. said discipline. So discipline. Said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has none. Um, the joke. How's the acting going? People want to mm-hmm. know. How, people want to know. Well, we haven't seen you on an episode. We haven't seen you behind the camera. We haven't. I mean, well, yeah. Like, we, we haven't caught up with you in front of the camera. Right. I think the last time we talked about it was when I was doing that pilot with Chad. A couple, yeah, yeah, that's right. Know. So how? Um, now that you are the guest, how is it going? It's going really well, actually. I uh, quit my job um, in April, and I haven't done a day job since. And for the most part, I wasn't doing anything. I was just auditioning and. You know, getting my stuff out there, but I'm I've, living on the street. <laughs> I have a hardcore cocaine addiction now. Wow, um, that's expensive. So he is working. Yes, and I feel good. But yeah, no, it's I'm I've been recently getting more jobs. I've been booking more gigs, as we say in the biz. That's phenomenal. Um, but yeah, it's been great. Well, yeah, and of course it's great. You know, yeah. you, you, what was it that we that, that I told you a while ago? Take a risk on yourself. That's right. Nobody else will unless you do it. You have to. You have to make the step. It, it, and it's really scary. Uh, you uh, love that salary you get every week. It's fun. Is it truly what you want to do, Gilmore? No, eventually I'll do something no. else. Gilmore wants now. to dance, yeah. but <laughs> no one's going to discover him sitting behind a desk. So he has to take the risk because nobody else is going to take a risk on him until he proves to them that he's worth taking a risk on. That's right. Exactly. So you got to take a risk on yourself first. So those those of you out here uh, in Geekscape land wanting to do something with your lives yeah. outside of your safe job, no one's going to take a risk on you. And I will tell to, you like, guys, no nobody's going to discover your genius. Yeah, you got to go out there and take the risk for yourself. And it's worth it. Like I I've been doing a day job my entire life and saying I was an actor, but you know then it's like oh what do you do during the day? Oh I work for customer care for porn groups, but. Uh, <laughs> Ever since ever since I've True. started doing just this, like it's the happiest I've ever been. Ever. In my life. You like, do look like yourself again. Like you you're look shaving, great. you have a nice haircut. Remember you like, weren't you shaving? Have rosy, you have the rosy cheeks. Right. Well that's also because, you know, I'm working out He is getting, working out? Getting in shape. You wake up poon-tang. what time do you wake up in the morning? Five o'clock in the morning. Then you do what? Then I go to uh, extreme boot camp, which is basically getting my ass handed to me for an hour. Um, running up and down hills, mm-hmm. uh, doing about a hundred, hundred and fifty push-ups, Fuck that. sit-ups, all these other things that you would just expect from like if you've ever, if any of you out there had ever done like uh, one a days. I watched Major Pain, you know, the, for like high school I watched football. Major Pain when he's yeah. working out, just doing suicides. And it's kind of like it's kind of like you know in the army now where you're like, where'd the sun go? So you're sun is you're dead. working there out. Is no sun. What's the fucking point? What have you what have you accomplished with this, um, well, with this pain and torture you put yourself through? <laughs> you know, for one, like I do it. I I want to lose weight. Obviously, spiritually, because, spiritually, you know, monetarily, I want to lose weight. Like um, because dying. I, I so make more be money. Poor? I don't care about like you know being healthy or all that, but it makes <laughs> me feel better. You you know it, it's, uh, it, it's you know 40. you know what's funny is it's proven that if you live longer, you will accrue more money. Right. Possibly. But I also want to point out there was a study recently done that says that if you are healthy, if you are healthy and overweight. Those people actually live longer than people the who. Fuck are, does that mean? Overweight is unhealthy, you, right? But you morbidly can, you obese can still, like, is unhealthy. I will tell you this: I am a, I am morbidly now. obese, but I morbidly. my last that's, morbidly that's I am not morbidly healthy. obese. But my the last three physicals I've ever gone to, my doctor's like you're you know you're in you're in good health, meaning my cholesterol is low, there. my my uh, blood pressure is low. 
you know, I'm in I'm in good condition for being overweight. And you for are yes, I'm for being o- overweight right. or for a regular person? I'm in good condition for a regular person. That's the, cool. the problem is, is that you know I am overweight, so right there's there's automatically that thing. But so you can still be healthy saying, and be overweight. Whoa, whoa, don't get so crazy. Uh, it's the, you skinny people fucking what, what, piss me off. What the doctor is saying that is that <laughs> is that inside of you somewhere there's a healthy person. Yeah, buried, Dying. buried, <laughs> Dying buried now. about a hundred pounds underneath. Help, get me out of here! He can't. He, you can't make me. You can't let me be happy for one second. Can no, 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 no. I'm proud of you. How much weight have you lost? Didn't even cringe when I grabbed no, his no, nuts. No, no. How long uh, have I known you? Uh, and loved you. Um, the audience needs to know that in six weeks. Oh, in six What weeks, has been the progress? Uh, I lost thirty pounds in six weeks. Holy shit! Yeah. Holy woo. shit! Can yeah. Can you guys over there in Cyberland just? Studio audience is clapping. You want to feel good about yourself? I think you should and, you feel know, good and about I, yourself. And I will tell you, uh, you know, I ben, know that I just, we have a lot of heavy listeners out there. Do it. Like, if you want to, if you, you know, if you don't, that's cool, whatever. But even if you have, like, a slight inkling, just do it. It sucks. It sucks. But at the same time, once it's over, it's only an hour, and you feel great for the rest of the day, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just even if you can't do extreme boot camp or whatever, just get out there and do something for Break an a hour. sweat. Break a sweat for an hour. Now, is extreme Try not boot to camp eat over a thousand or two thousand calories. That you're part of? No. Or is it complete you're not thing? in a gym. How did you I have a gym? You, okay. I have a gym he that I go to. Gym, but how did you he owns a gym. Um, How did you find the boot camp? Just online. For all fat friends out there. Just I mean if you do any kind of Turn like look you know. Oh, and healthy. I, I just call myself and morbidly healthy. obese. Healthier than you. I'm healthy as a horse, and Clydesdale horses are heavy. They weigh about two tons. Wow. Wow. That's cool. Anyway, that's called a yeah, just you, you can just look at um, Extreme Boot Camp or Boot Camp in your city, and you, you'll probably find something, because they're, they're the fad right it, now. But, but I mean, you'll find this S&M club. But it's worth it. It's worth it's it. It's definitely worth it. Because the money, it, these things aren't cheap. You know, they're, I mean, like the one I do is about $500 for six weeks. <laughs> but, no, I'm kidding. But you do, it, you do go five days a week, and you get a personal story? trainer for an hour. And usually personal trainers are 70 bucks an hour because I used to have a personal trainer for a while. So you're Before looking I at, you're saving a lot of money. Plus, you know. Before I killed him. I, I hate you guys. <laughs> what, what kind of movies are we talking ben, about today? Ben, we're just trying to establish what Geekscape is. You know, I, I lied. Right. What's the goal? What's early, the goal in six months? In six months, what's the goal? Oh, I'm going to be, uh, I'm gonna be uh, as skinny as Gilmore. No, the, the goal, goal in six is months is to make Gilmore the, the fattest, fattest one. Oh, that is group. true. Yeah, we but are. But by then, I'll be really, really buff, and I'll look get like the a fuck out of here. You I mean, weren't going to Slurpee. Gil- you are dripping Slurpee guys, on electronic equipment guys, right now. Gilmore, yes, you are. This is condensation, and it's Gil- going on my pants. Guys, please let's let's maintain some discipline and order. Uh, Gilmore for the last uh, six months has been talking about how much he's going to join a gym. Four and start weeks. Working out. I've been saying it for four weeks. It's it's felt like six months, Gilmore. This episode has felt like six months. Yeah. Uh, Gilmore, (laughs) you are a mess, and uh, the best weight loss may be to just jump off a bridge. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you actually get bloated, though, when you die? That will not be your No, I think your soul is probably the... That's the heaviest part. I think yours might be. No, that's what I'm saying. You know, you know, in CSI and stuff, whenever they walk up to the bodies and they see like some fucking line or something like that, uh, Mm -hmm. your your line, the guys will be like. What took him so long? <laughs> David, David it's not Caruso. even Woody. David Crusoe. David Crusoe would take off his aviators yeah. and go. What I, took him so long? Yeah. Be like, looks like this little yeah! piggy got out of the blanket. Yeah! 
Um, so Ben and I went to see a movie together. We're, we did. We are friends, so we go to see films together. Uh, Ben's a fan of this guy. You're, you're a fan of, of Takeshi Miike. Okay, that guy. Takashi Miike. I think that's how I said. Uh, he's a Japanese guy. He made Audition. He made uh, Ichi the Killer. Ichi the Killer. I know a lot of you guys are fans of his. He also I'm, did that Masters of Horror. He did a Masters of Horror. I saw that was fucking. Yeah. Well, um, thanks, thanks for responding for that, by the way. We could have gotten an interview with that guy. Brian, <laughs> we're doing a show, please. We're, so this guy uh, Takeshi Miike, that's what I'm calling him. Takashi Miike. Takashi Miike. Uh, he does stuff that I personally am not a big fan of. I think that right. it, it's it's paced pretty laboriously. Uh, the payoff sometimes I'm not you know I think it's. Well, marginal. usually, I mean, the payoff because you're—I mean, you like horror movies. I do, right? But I get the sense that you're not a gore fan. Some of so the gore isn't enough pay, but pay, right? You and know, that's usually what his me. stuff is—is is um, like ultra gore. I do think uh, that his craftsmanship is amazing. Absolutely, I think I think this guy is a really talented filmmaker. I think his visual style is incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he takes like a, a Japanese theatrical style that you see in a lot of Eastern films. Uh, you see a lot of lot of, lot of theater. You know, the, an evolution from like a kabuki style over the last century of cinema. You see things starting to to still have those theatrical elements. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when you see a Kurosawa movie, you, sometimes you see things set up almost like they're set up on a theater stage. And a lot of uh, Asian directors still have that sensibility. Right. He has that, and he and he adds to it like a really dynamic. Uh, feel to it Wait, oh, oh don't do this Okay got it Well I'll um, tell you I'll tell you this about and, the, and, and I thought it was cool You yeah. know what I mean uh, The movie I'm okay with Right But some of the elements He threw in Threw together In this hodgepodge Called Sukiyaki Western, Western Django. Django Yes This new movie that he did um, Has a lot of interesting Stuff going on Absolutely in it. Well, Like it or not it, I, I loved it You loved it um, yeah. I think that um, People who are watching this You know the The fanboys And the geeks You'll love this movie um, because well, the film students, film, yeah. oh, film students are going to eat this shit up. Mm-hmm. But um, it's not going to make any money in the in the American market. It's, We're talking business again. Yeah, I mean, it unfortunately, you know, he'll do he'll do really well and it'll do really well on DVD. But mm-hmm. um, I'll be surprised if it goes any wider than New York, LA, and you know, Seattle. I think that this movie is uh, for me more interesting than his other stuff, uh, basically because he takes uh, different traditions and different genres and he yeah. pieces them together. What he's telling is a western, you know. But he, there's elements of a, of a samurai film in there. There's elements of there's, uh, Shakespeare, there's Shakespeare of Shakespeare in it, which and, is really crazy. And there's Quentin Tarantino in it. Uh, Quentin Tarantino <laughs> yes. uh, acts in, as a you know in, a, in the intro. You mm-hmm. see Tar- Quentin Tarantino uh, playing a uh, gunslinger. And that scene was great. Yeah. Uh, well, that was definitely like supposed to look like theatrical. Yeah, in in the um, in the acting too is is the way he tells his actors to act is, is just. I wouldn't say it's over the top. I just say it's extremely specific. Well, you know we'll what I mean? Have, he's he's I, definitely doing something there. And well, it, okay. Love it or hate it. One thing I always like is going to see a movie where the director isn't just. Saying whatever He has an, an exact goal And an exact uh, thing That he's trying to deliver For the audience And this one I mean yeah. It's really interesting stuff Well you also have to consider that Everyone on in the movie and Besides Quentin Tarantino Is Japanese Right And it's in English Good point. It's completely in English. They had everyone had to learn how to speak English, or at least learn their to speak roles, their yeah. roles. 
Um, what I think is really interesting about Japanese films and Japanese theater in general is because in Japan, it's everything's very disciplined. Mm-hmm. Very, you know, um, and... Sorry. Do that thing again when you say disciplined. It's very disciplined. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, people don't go and just like... Like out here, it's like, oh, I'm, you know, f- I'm 20, 25 years old. People say I'm, I look good. I'm going to be an actor. People don't do that in Japan. You go, if you decide to be an actor at a very young age, and you go and you train and you train and you train, like Kabuki, uh, they have schools that start when they're five years old. Fuck that. Because you decide when you're like five that you're going to be an actor, and you go and you train. Did you, when did you same, decide? Uh, Twelve. Okay. Well, 12. you have to do that in Japan because they all look the same. That doesn't, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. You're just being racist now. Gilmore. <laughs> Gilmore. Wow. Wow. How dare you. But no, that's, I mean, like, Takashi Miike, the reason that you totally get these pretty. amazing directors that come out of that place, like, even even all, like, the, the Ringu series, mm-hmm. and the reason that their style is so unique, and, like, it, it's not only because of the, it's coming out of, like, Budo, and, and uh, No, and Kabuki, like, all these three different, the, the Japanese theater disciplines, but... Okay. These directors are trained from a really young age, and you're dedicated. You don't you don't just wake up one day and say, "I want to be a director." You know, you you're you're forced into that. You decide really young, and you're going to do it, and you're going to you know be mm-hmm. laser guided on that. And so that's why they make these movies. Like I, I love this. I, I loved it just because you had that great hodgepodge of like it's sukiyaki, meaning you know it's a. It's, like a, it's broth. a blended broth. It's a, a blended like a soup, soup, but it's like uh, you know, it's they obviously he's going for spaghetti western, mm-hmm. you know, or macaroni western or whatever. But it's definitely a western. But it's it's, it's a, a mix of so many flavors. Yeah, it's it's a so samurai movie too. Yeah, spaghetti macaroni soup. And then the 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 the, the, mo- the movie guys, you'll be really interested in, especially if you're a fan of his earlier work. Like yeah. you 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 guys will really enjoy it. And I, not being a fan of his earlier work, still found a lot of stuff to appreciate in the yeah. movie. Um, and you know, was, surprisingly it, little gore. There was only one sequence that I was like, "Okay, there's there's Mike coming out right there, um, with the tooth and everything." Got it. That was that was the one <laughs> sequence that it's like, "Okay, there he is." And the rest of it's very he he was really tame in this movie. Yeah. And that uh, the, the, the trumpet song, yeah. solo yeah. that they had in that because they they use if anyone knows Django, do you know Django? No. It was the original spaghetti western. It's what started the whole thing. I can't. Okay. I'm not even going to bother trying to say what the director. You know what? Was. I did read that. I did read that. Yeah. Okay. But like he, they used they used elements of Django in this movie. Like um, oh yeah, it's, with the coffin. It's like an unofficial prequel. Yeah, unofficial cool. prequel. Exactly. Um, but they used the theme, like they remixed the theme. Oh, is that right? Which was really That's cool. What that yeah, was. The, and it was a perfect mix of the trumpet, Never which everyone knows movie. of spaghetti westerns. Yeah, that trumpet solo. If you watch those, all those yeah. Clint Eastwood, you they, know, movies, yeah, they always have those those really, really, really great instrumentals mm-hmm. with the with the trumpets. And what's really great because uh, the Japanese uh, samurai movies, they always have the ocarina music, that really haunting spiritual ocarina, and they meld it in this theme, and it's so cool. It's so cool. All right. You are a fan of this movie. Uh, I think the movie's interesting. Not up my alley, but extremely interesting. Uh, But you are a thespian who appreciates the art. Yeah. Uh, This new movie, Hamlet 2, that came out, we previewed it last week on the show. Now it should be in wide release. Mm -hmm. You went to see this Hamlet 2 movie with Tim Coogan about a uh, out of work thespian. Uh, he's an out-of-work thespian who becomes a uh, theater yeah. teacher in he's, high school theater. He's the thing that all actors are afraid they're going to become, which is, you know, the pe- the person who kind of 
sort. He was in an episode of Xena, and he was in a uh, herpes commercial, uh-huh. but he never really made it. Um, so he instead he, he, instead of giving up, mm-hmm. he decides to move to Tucson and become a director, an, uh, like a theater, a theater a th- a high school theater director. Uh-huh. Um, but he hasn't really given up. You know, he still thinks he's going to be huge. Did this movie scare the shit out of you? Uh, parts of it did. Really? Yeah, you know, yeah. Parts of it, I was like, oh god. You know, I'm I'm doing I'm doing a modic- a little bit well in my career right now. I hope that like this isn't your peak. Yeah, I hope. What this if this, what if my this is your what if this is your peak? Devil's Advocate. What if this is your peak? If this is my peak, I'm going to fight it out for about ten more years. Okay, and then I'll move to Tucson and become a drama teacher. There you go. I mean, so that's basically this movie. Uh, yeah. And and he then goes on to put may put on this controversial play called Hamlet Two. Right. Well, the uh, I mean, the plot is that the the drama department's a laughing joke. The only thing that he the only thing he does is make uh, play versions of popular films. So, oh, like it opens funny. up with, uh, uh, a, and there's only two people in the drama department. There's only a, you know, the very stereotypical gay guy and the over, you know, the obviously homeschooled, uh, like very virginal girl. Okay. Right, and they're doing a, uh, they're doing Aaron Brockovich. That's funny. Uh, as a two-person show. <laughs> That's hilarious. And you know, like it, it, it's funny, and like, and then you know, the school runs out of money, so like all the inner-city kids come in. And, like, the part of the movie I really didn't like, but it, obviously it had to be there to move it, the plot forward, was they did a whole play off the inspirational teacher movie genre. Got it. Like, uh, like, like, Stand and Deliver. Yeah, and Dangerous Minds. Got it. Like, and, you know, because this guy lives in movie land, like, he doesn't know anything but... <laughs> he only relates to things acting-wise. And you didn't like this? It sounds He's, funny. Yeah, well, it's really funny, but it's, like, it's scary because there's a lot of people I know like that who don't... Re- they... they don't they only live, relate they, to things on a movie level? On a movie level, but as an actor, like they only like, oh, it's like Elizabeth Shue, and, and Elizabeth Shue is in this movie. I do it all the time. Hilarious. Who does she play? Elizabeth Shue. Yeah, she plays cool. Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. Um, but what's what I found really great is the ending of the movie. Um, you know, because they do have this controversial Spoiler play. Alert? No, no, okay. no, no. It's, it's all in there. Okay. I'm not going to say anything about part of what the movie. The play is. Part of the movie is trying to get this play on. Trying to get this play on, which is basically like a freedom of speech. Yeah, thing. exactly. Okay. Is it? Well, what's really interesting is like because this came just after Tropic Thunder, and like you remember the uh, the whole um, yeah the retard the website. retard thing yeah. yeah. So like everyone was uh, you know protesting against it, but they hadn't seen the movie. They don't understand where it is, or like um, any movie that Kevin Smith does. Movie. You know, well you can. Yeah, no controversial movies. A, a lot of the people, it. a lot of the people who don't, who who you think like go up against these controversial movies, don't watch the movies. Right. They they get an email from some group that says sign this petition, and that's it. Right. You know? And yeah. they, that's what's happening with this play, and like the end culminates with the play going on, and there's a huge riots happening outside. And that's the um, setup. Yeah, that's your setup. Yeah, and it's you know I wouldn't say like if you like um, theater. Yeah, if if you like uh, if you were a high school theater student, and maybe you're still in community theater, if you were a high you school thespian, um, you probably like this movie. <laughs> Um, or it would scare the shit out of you because you see yourself in this movie. Perhaps it would entice you. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's not necessarily a go to the movie theater. I am a oh, see now you're <laughs> stop laughing, dude. It looks like an you're earthquake. Shaking everything with your fat ass, Gilmore. <laughs> no, I can actually see it. It's fun. Um, you're shaking too, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> 
Are you retarded? I like how you're not even bothering to stand up. Are you a retard? Were you offended by Simple Jack? Um... So you do don't recommend this movie? I would say it's it's really funny. It's by the same guys who did uh, the mm-hmm. World Police. Okay, wrote the and, South Park stuff. And South right, Park, yeah. Pam Brady. interviewed last week. Yeah. So um, it's you know they have a great sense of humor and um, yeah. it's not necessarily go to the theater and see it. Yeah. I, I'd like you you know you should support them because they actually it's intelligent and not intelligent humor at the same time. Like if it was anyone but Steve Coogan, this movie would be shit. That's what wow. I keep hearing. That's what I keep really? hearing. Shit. I keep hearing. Yeah, because but Steve Coogan just brings like I mean it's he's a dumb role, but like, he's having fun in it. But he brings intelligence to it because he's Steve Coogan, you know he's he's a smart actor, and no matter what he always plays he plays smart dumb guys very well. But if it was like Jim Carrey, this movie would be awful. Okay. Just okay. awful. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I I I so like I like Coogan. Jim Carrey. Um. I want to see that Yes Man movie. You do? Well, I read the book it was based on. Oh, really? Which is a true life account. This guy actually did that for a year. Just said yes to everything. Uh-huh. Um, and he, like, the book is, a, it's this British guy who, like, one of his friends says he's too negative, so he makes a bet with his friend that for a year, he will say yes to everything that comes his way. Bitches left and right. Well, you're probably having sex with men more. Oh, yeah. Them. Fuck that. Yeah. You can't say no. Yeah. Oh, that's bad. And I know the places you hang out at. Yeah, that's bad. That's real bad. Um. So, guys, uh, I hate to break the news to you, but B Nitro and Satori on the Geekscape.net website submitted the news that Preacher may be a little too dark for HBO and has been canceled. I would like to say that I'm upset by the news, but uh, I'm not. The Preacher adaptation at HBO. But we just is found the perfect guy to play our space. Who's that? You see the thing I posted on the internet? Uh-uh. On, the, on the forums? There's, uh-uh. there's this guy who wanders around Hollywood. Oh, um, fuck who, that, who, man. Uh-uh. Um, he did exactly what the guy in... He tried to blow um, his head off? Yeah, like, so like he has no... Of death guy? He failed? Yeah. Oh, fuck he has no that, nose. He, like, he looks like our space. No, that... Which that, I didn't mean no. to be offensive, Steven. No, this, right. this project Sorry. is dead. Uh, the other... Um, Mark Steven Johnson was the guy in charge of it. You guys know his work as uh, the Little Midget movie and Daredevil. Um, what's the name of that midget movie he was in? Here he directed the one with Sharon Stone. Stone. Oh, okay. With Sharon Stone. Yeah. The midget movie with Sharon Stone. Little Midget Boy. What? Little oh, oh, oh! Boy. Simon Birch. Simon Birch. Oh, Simon yeah, he Birch. did the Simon Birch. He did Daredevil, and he's not Didn't gonna he be do doing some other, like, really shit. Oh, oh, fucking Ghost Rider. Ghost yeah, Rider. Okay, thank you. Yeah. That's why I'm clapping. I'm so glad yeah, that, that guy's met? not in charge yeah. of Preacher anymore. It's the yeah. best news. So Preacher ain't going anywhere. Um, oh God. If you're a fan of Nathan Fillion, and uh, I am, which we all are, yeah, uh, looks like uh, ABC has picked up his uh, show, The Castle. Uh, this is about a mystery writer, like uh, you know, some like murder she wrote, like murder she wrote. He's a mystery writer who helps the NYPD uh, solve. Oh, it is murder she wrote. Uh, murder, is, that, is that right? <laughs> yeah, I never saw murder she wrote. It's about this mystery murder mystery writer who helps solve crimes. Fucking A. So Nathan Fillion is, is uh, Angela Bassett. Angela Lansbury. Angela Lansbury. I didn't say Angela Bassett. That's uh-huh. awful. Yeah. We were talking about you being into black chicks earlier. Yeah. Were you into the the, the black spice? Black <laughs> spice. <laughs> I said ethnics. Are you into ethnics? <laughs> is there another kind? I don't. There are plenty like Indian of other girls. Kinds. You yourself Pakistani are girls? Ethnic. Israeli oh. girls. Oh, Israeli girls. Oh, Israeli girls. If only no. they shaved. I didn't say shit, motherfuckers. <laughs> you cannot. 
you cannot tag that on to me. If you are listening to Geekscape, you are. I did not say that. That was Ben Dunn. I Natalie Portman have, I, is I a have, beautiful woman. I have dated. I have dated Jew, Jewish princesses. There's a difference between Jewish American what, princesses what, what and Israeli girls. Israelis. Oh, maybe I've dated. No, I haven't dated no Israeli girls. Jewish American princesses live down the street from you. Israeli girls live in Israel. Yeah, I've never dated them. But come on, they gotta shave. Uh, well, guys, they do. they're pretty. Speaking of talented directors, we got our good buddy uh, Brett Ratner here. And he's talking about making a Guitar Hero film. That's submitted by Shu. Uh, guys, supposedly it's about a kid who gets trapped in Guitar Hero and must win the big Shut concert in order to survive. I don't fucking Shut know. Up. You're kidding. I'm not. I, I don't think I am. You've got to be kidding. Deep inside of me, I think I'm not. No. Is this real news? With Brad yeah, Redner, this is, that this is real news. Uh, supposedly, horrible. Activision asked him to name uh, one of the games, and he said, I did. Guitar Hero, Hero World Tour. I mean that. Wait, wait, wait! He named. He named World that. Tour. Isn't that the DS one? No, World Tour is the next one that comes out that has oh, the drums okay. and everything. Who, who, who couldn't have thought of that? On tour is the DS. Who couldn't have thought of that? Well, that's a natural progression. Who couldn't have thought of that name? World Tour. You know what? I'm gonna come up with a new movie title: Rush Hour Four. Somewhere, I, I when I get big, I'm gonna get have like this drawer of accomplishments and like little things like that. I'm just gonna put it in there and watch it and be like, yeah. X3. You know what? This like, is going to be like the last Dexter. movie in the series. We're going to call it, it Last Stand. <laughs> he right? he you like that. We are not saying he's responsible for those names. He may very well have been or not. But uh Zach Penn's responsible. But yeah, this this names. Guitar Hero uh movie, let's just say I you know I'm not a fan of Guitar Hero to begin with. What the fuck? This will prove once and for all that shit is retarded. So this kid has to win like uh, what I'm hearing. a it's tournament like, against like CG against like Judy Nails. It's like Captain I, I N. It's, it's like, like Captain, Captain N. N, dude. Why don't you just add option Captain N? Dude, that'd that'd be awesome. That would be great. I love awesome. Captain N. The Dungeons and Dragons movie didn't option the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon that used to scare the shit out of me at five, age seven. Really? Look what with happened? The, the, the nerdy the kid little, with the big glasses? That little fucking red midget thing. That wizard. That's like making like a movie off of that old board game, Simon. It sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? How would you feel? It's true. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like a guy like, you got to disarm this bomb. Good call, Gilmore. Uh, that is ridiculous. How would you feel if they made a movie about Facebook? I don't know, John. I would feel kind of, uh, it's like the same thing. Yeah. Some kid gets trapped in Facebook. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, Someone going like this the entire time? Yeah. You no. want to be a zombie? You want to be a zombie? <laughs> I'm poking you. Uh, and just that, tagging you it's in pictures. Com- it's complicated. <laughs> he has to untag himself from shitty pictures of himself. Yeah, the romantic interest is just complicated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or some girl he likes gets trapped in Facebook too and he has to go find her and yeah. travel through tags. He has to get befriended. Um, so, so guys, and then someone sells him. The sad truth of that is, uh, maybe not so sad. Aaron Sorkin, we all know him as a pretty big TV writer. We all love him. Uh, he also wrote um, Sports Night. Sports Night. Um, West Wing. West Wing. West Wing. Uh, what, what did he write recently? That movie. Uh, um, Sunset something. He wrote uh, that that Studio, Studio 60. Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Um, and, uh, Charlie Wilson. Charlie Wilson's War. He is writing a Facebook. Uh, movie not so much as, as we described it although that movie would fucking kick ass <laughs> if it was you if it was Gilmore and he meets some girl in Taiwan or something like that and he's like I must get to her through the computer you know what VJ's living that movie right now that's true uh, so it's just a VJ it's biopic. just a VJ po- biopic be, yeah. no this actually will be a uh, I is believe it biopic a biopic and not biopic 
I don't know. I would say biopic, it's biopic because it's, it's like a picture. About a bio, right. And it's a picture. So it's I would a biopic. say biopic. I always say biopic. That's cool. Oh. So does NPR. Sounds like Bionicles. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah, I but I did first because you're slow. You, okay. Way to go, Simple Jack. Um, so listen, uh, <laughs> you never go full retard. Okay, go on. Never go full retard. Um, you've been going full retard for 23 years. Uh, so listen, uh, this is going to be a biopic. It's about the creator, supposedly. The guys who came out, created the site, and now bang bitches in, left and right. Uh, one of it, Okay, so... They back do bang in, bitches left and right. Is that really? Back in 2006, yeah. uh, I did a show called Prince Ugly up in Seattle. Okay. And one of the guys in the show actually left right after the show to move to New York to help found Facebook. Oh, he is banging bitches oh, left yeah, and right Oh, right yeah, absolutely. Now. Which I'm just wondering if, uh, you know, if, if Matt Victory is listening to this. Uh, he's not. Uh, he's not. So, uh, uh, but, but I, I'm just wondering if he's, if he, if he's going to be a part of it. You saying that here is His like people Matt on their Victory? Mind, it's like people on their MySpace profiles going like, uh, "R.I.P. George Carlin, we love you up there." Like anyone listening, you know, when people. What say if they are like listening? What if George listening. Carlin is yeah. in heaven on yeah, heaven when I space? Die, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna look who acknowledges me. No, I actually, actually think, think he would. would. George, George Carlin, because he's you know he's been like. Before you and Gilmore started fucking saying a bunch of crap about uh, Facebook movie about, about Facebook George movie. Carlin fucking Joan of Arc, which is hey, where no, not I Joan was of Arc. Not Joan it was, of Arc. It was, it was Helen of Troy. Helen of Troy. Troy. Yeah. Shit Sorry if I started dazing off. Uh, you people uh, infuriate me. Um, where do I sell you for better friends? Okay, I'm like stuck. The, black I'm stuck market. the goblin market. Excuse me, can I trade these? Uh, can I get an upgrade, like a car? A car is pretty easy. You can upgrade, pay a little extra, get a, get a higher quality me. car. You know, you I were hanging out with Graham before, so I guess. You, oh, I'm downgrading. You downgraded. I'm downgrading big time. Graham mm. is a quality human being. Hey. Who traded me for an Xbox 360? So. What does that say about me? Well, you're um, a horrible person. We were, yeah, our Nobody relationships are eroding as we speak here on Geekscape. That's what it's all about. Tensions are high. Uh, what are we talking about shit? You, know, you want to talk about erosion of quality. Uh, I was contacted a couple weeks ago by some filmmakers in the UK. They do a Channel 4 show. Uh, they do like documentaries for Channel 4 there in the UK. And their next project's uh, this thing called uh, The People vs. George Lucas. Oh. It's a documentary right. called The People vs. George Lucas. You can pretty much guess what it's about. Uh, because sentiments about George, you know, they're they're in flux. His his approval rating is his down approval to twelve. His approval rating is down to twelve percent. Uh, that's a good way to put it, Ben. Uh, people are not a, a fan of George Lucas like they used to be. Um, so um, they made this documentary. They're they're in the process of making it, and I wanted to talk about it because uh, a lot of their content is going to be generated by people like you at home, recording yourself. And then uploading it onto the peoplevsgeorge.com. So if you go to like uh, this this URL that I'm putting on the bottom of the screen, the peoplevsgeorge, 
uh, com, you can uh, submit your own video opinion of George Lucas. There's going to be a lot of haters. Maybe you can be uh, a witness for the defense if you're a big fan of this recent Clone Wars cartoon. Um, so there's that. I want to know the people who are fans of this. I think they're on his cartoon. payroll. Really? You want to know these people? Well, there well, are I don't, people who had to have seen it. Somebody told it, me. It, it um, was number three when it came out. It should have been number one, though. It's Star Wars. Well, I mean, right. Yeah. Uh, Scott, one guy sitting buddy, outside the, the theater like three days before. Woo! I can't wait! I can't uh, wait! You know Scott Klopfenstein, uh, who's been on the show a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, he saw it. Why? And he was like, he was dragged by another band member. Okay. It was just like Jonathan. Like this he, fucking he, thing was the it was the worst movie. Scott, he Scott has seen. you know, strikes me as a, a learned man. Yeah, he was dragged. Of there. high taste. He was dragged. Yeah. So. Uh, that's called The People versus George Lucas It's a movie that they're developing now Really, if you've got an opinion Go to this uh, website and we know People versus George And uh, submit it You know, Sign all the clearance Make sure you sign the, the waiver, the clearance stuff And submit it and you might be in this documentary Which would be pretty cool to have your head pop up And be like you know, Talk about your memory of it Or submit a skit, they want skits Huh those aren't going to be funny. <laughs> Maybe through tricky editing they can make them funny. You guys can make it funny. We have a lot of talented and funny That's so geekscapers. That's sad, though, isn't it? That like, it's come to this? Yeah. Yeah, Isn't it, is. it? Like, I mean, because I remember when Ben and I went to see the Hulk when the, uh, you know, all the previews come on. Even the Terminator mm-hmm. by fucking Mick G got like a woo! Yeah, you know? Well, because it's like, Christian Bale. Right. I mean, but, like, I mean, still, it's fucking Mick G Terminator. Right. But, like, you're, um, you see the, the start, you see the Lucasfilm thing mm-hmm. come up. And people booed. Far, exactly. Yeah. People, people booed. Booing. People booed. Yeah. You know, like it used to be, you saw a Lucasfilm thing, and your he was heart the sank. architect of our childhood. Exactly. Like yeah. you see the Lucasfilm uh, logo, and you go like, "Holy shit!" And you like tear up in your face, and like you start clapping. Where else would you tear up, Brian? Besides in your face. <laughs> you tell me. He meant that. tear up in his ass. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, one, there, there, there's one one instance now in which the Lucas uh, film logo can come up. And make me smile by the end of the trailer, and it's like the Monkey Island movie, <laughs> that video game Monkey Island. If they made a movie of that, every fucking episode yeah. you talk about the goddamn Monkey One Island. One day I will it's option true, it dude. and make a film. Scum VM. Um, so guys, let's talk about comics before it's too late. Um, I've been ta- I've been reading uh, this new Spider-Man because they've got the anti-Venom. You've got Venom. You've got Carnage. You've got all this symbiote shit. Have you been reading the new Spider-Man? Yes, I have, but I haven't. I haven't done it for the last couple weeks. The the first big story arc, like you know how they've been introducing since they revamped Spider-Man, and everybody nobody knows his identity, and they kind of re redid him. I kind of like the art on the uh, on the paper chick. Yeah, the paper, the the, the, pulp, the paper the doll. Art. Yeah. yeah. So she what they're doing cool. is they're introducing new villains, uh, like this paper doll that Gilmore likes, and uh, but only for one arc. Only for away. one arc. But you know, Menace, who's kind of like the Green Goblinish guy, right. he's been around a bit. Now in this new arc that they're doing, they've brought in the Thunderbolts, who have the Green Goblin and Venom. Two of the original Venom not, is now Max Gargan, who used to be the Scorpion. Right. So roughly, you have three old Spider-Man villains coming back to the Spider-Man book, and you have John Romita Jr.'s artwork, which I think is he's he's my favorite. He's my favorite Spider-Man artist. He's got to be. He's one of the best. You guys connect on that artists. every single time it's brought up. Brian and I are big every fans of John Romita Jr. It's written by Dan Slott, and um, they look like retards. And so they're introducing a new Ve- Venom kind of spinoff called the Anti-Venom. 
Uh, is he literally called the anti-venom? He's literally called the anti-venom. Is, okay, so is that, does that mean that he's really wimpy looking and has no mouth? Or that he you know, you like know what it antidote? is? You know or what it is? Wait, I thought that Spider-Man was the anti-venom. <laughs> you know what's funny is, uh, you know how one of the villains in the Spider-Man arc is this anti-guy. This, this Mr. Negative. Mr. Negative. Who's the best, he's the best villain there. Okay, Mr. Negative has a tie into the creation of the anti-venom. Okay. Because he has like negative fucking powers, I don't know right. what it is, but but he touches Eddie Brock, the original Eddie Brock, cures him of cancer, but then when Eddie Brock gets into contact with the actual venom uh-huh. that we know, he becomes anti-venom. Ooh. Like the symbiote starts having some weird reaction to his you know his his right. reaction with uh, Mr. Negative. It becomes this anti-venom, and anti-venom hates venom. So is he a good guy or is he a good uh, a bad guy? He hates himself. He's an he anti-hero. Hate, he hates the, the other Venom. Oh, the that's Max on Max Gargan. Gargan. Yeah, so he starts wanting to fight him. So that's where this second issue of this story arc stopped. And you know what? I'm I'm kind of into it. That's kind of cool. Um, that's cool. And plus, there's a really good interaction that was written between uh, uh, Osborne and his son Harry. Who's writing this, Romita? Uh, Dan Slott, oh, okay. who's turned into a pretty good artist uh, over the last couple of years. And not only that, um, our good friends. Um, you know Big Yanks? You know about this Big Yanks guy? If you've been listening to the show, you've heard Ooh. me mention him. He's a listener. His na- he's in New York. His name, like his name on the forum is Big Yanks. Uh, he looks like Joe Pesci got eaten by this guy. And uh, so <laughs> <laughs> No, he looks like if Joe Pesci and uh, Are you Luis okay? Guzman yeah, you had a baby. Ew. Yeah, he, he he's is, much more he is sexy that. as hell. Uh, he's one of my favorite Geekscapists because he, he's just so fucking funny, right? Um, so he went... To uh, a signing of this, and he got me this. This uh, this is issue number one with the Alan, uh, the uh, Alex Ross cover, and it says to Jonathan by Dan Slott. I received it in the mail. Thank you so much, Big Yanks, for mailing this to me. Yeah, thanks a lot, Yanks. Thanks, Yanks. Yeah, thanks, uh, we Yanks. do like receiving things from the audience here, at Geekscape, including this, a picture of Big Yanks right there, described accurately, I believe, and Dan Slott. Uh, saying what's up, Jonathan, and it's actually this. This is actually the most valuable piece uh, here. Careful oh. not to touch it. Uh, to Jonathan, my number one fan, Big Yanks. Uh, that is an autograph original. It is going straight from my hand to eBay into a frame. Maybe eBay if t- times get tough. Uh, so thank you, Dan, for that one. I do want to say um, um, I liked the Cravens. Next Hunt or whatever. Craven's daughter. The Craven's daughter. Yeah, that was a good, guys. I'm telling you, the Spider-Man revamps got its its pluses and minuses. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm satisfied. Ditto. I'm on board. Fine. Uh, I'll probably go pick it up after we we're done. One of the joys of going to Comic Con this year was getting to interview Grant Morrison, who blew oh. my fucking mind. Uh, I'm not, glad that you asked him that question. Yeah. Not only did I interview Grant Morrison and ask him asked him a question that. Tore my mind up As you'll see In this upcoming interview I also got a, a chance To uh, interview Deepak Chopra Who uh, is involved uh, Pretty involved politically His son took over Virgin Comics And I gotta tell you I don't know What happened to Virgin Comics But it was submitted On the on the website Sold for curry that, uh, that, uh, Wow <laughs> I'm sorry With what we're that about just to With what we're about to Wow answer, That sucks That's you awful You are a horrible human I'm being I'm a horrible human being Holy That I'm in love shit. with uh, that I am in love. I with. apologize. Both working at a Seven Eleven. There you go. Now I have the blame. I, the shit's on me. You're welcome. This is That's why I don't awful. have them on the show. <laughs> That's why we're good friends. Keep going. The hate mail will come back. 
so Stephen Prescott, one of our good friends who was actually there, uh, submitted the news on the Geekscape website that Virgin Comics is going bye-bye. I guess it's a, a failed endeavor. And what's funny is uh, this next interview that I'm going to air with uh, Grant Morrison and Deepak Chopra, the, the comic that we're promoting never even got released, I don't believe. Uh, and maybe I a couple even, issues got released, but... Uh, was it a comic or was gone. it an animated thing, the MBX? One or? was like a digital thing. Right. And the other one was a comic. Okay. And it, it, it and uh, yeah, I guess I guess it's a little late, but I wanted to air the interview because it's Grant Morrison right. and it's Deepak Chopra. They're two of the highest profile people we've interviewed. I have to say though, this was the interview was actually taped on the Sunday of Comic Con after five days of nonstop interviews and talking, so uh, my voice is shot. Yeah, I actually so. wasn't there just because I wanted to get my only thing I really got to do at Comic Con, which is the yeah. Buffy sing along. I'm like, uh, fuck you! I've been yeah. working my ass off. I deserve. Like, yeah, I phoned in some. Questions. I deserve. I, it. I phoned in some questions for you to. He actually <laughs> texted me some questions. I asked the questions, guys. The interview I'm really proud of. Yeah. My voice is sore and totally gone, so I'm gonna crank the volume on this one. Enjoy this interview. It's sad that we're never gonna see these books. Uh, Maybe we will in a collective format, I don't know. But uh, enjoy the interview, and I apologize for my voice. Hey, what's up, guys? I have a treat for you here. It's Deepak Chopra. He's working on a project for Virgin. Is that right? Virgin, you guys may know, have the comic book line, and they're going after some huge names. John Woo, people of that nature who you may be fans of in other mediums, are now coming to the comic book world and, and, uh, and, and really having at it. But you are working on a really unique uh, project. Why don't you tell us all about it? Well, I'm uh, developing new superheroes, a uh, uh, character called Devi, who's a Wonder Woman, but also has uh, attributes of the Divine Feminine. Mm -hmm. uh, have a comic book series on the life of the Buddha, a new one coming out on uh, Jesus, and uh, another one on Satan. Mm -hmm. Now, uh we were talking to Grant about the, the the digital project as well that he's working on, and really, I think that the thing is that you guys are taking, like you said, it's you can compare it to Western audiences who know Satan, they know Wonder Woman, but you're 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 bringing this beyond the Western world because comic books are a real Western tradition, but you're sharing them with cultures that may not be big, big comic book buyers. Yeah, what we're doing is actually developing uh, new cross-cultural superheroes because we're living in a global culture right now. And one of the things I see actually as a healing process for us as a culture is to develop superheroes that in a sense embody the values and cultures of all traditions. So I actually go and look at the mythologies of places like Iran or Iraq or Afghanistan or India and say how can we invite some of these qualities so that kids in those places will also relate to these superheroes and that's part of the healing process. Mm -hmm. So it, it's an idea of uniting uh, globally, I mean as technology brings us together and, uh, and, and we live in closer contact with each other we're, we're going to have some friction but you want to heal all that by having us by giving us the common unity of storytelling exactly because storytelling is an art which has eternal themes eternal motifs you know you have the the good guys and you have the bad guys you have the forces of darkness you have the forces of evolution you have the divine, you have the diabolical, the sacred, the profane. All mythologies, all stories everywhere have the same themes. Now, what you want to do is take the 
archetypal imagination of these different cultures and create a new hybrid story form, a new hybrid superhero that kids across the world can relate to. Because we are seeing now the democratization, if you will, of entertainment, of storytelling. Your program, for example, can be seen anywhere in the world. And so why not satisfy the needs of this world? a new culture, a new global identity. And politically and socially, well, I mean, what's the problem with giving us all a common ground on which we can actually agree on, even if people, maybe some of the people that, you know, we're forced to follow aren't agreeing with us and their butting heads and causing friction. We as a, a global community have that place where we can always, can always see eye to eye. Yeah, we can heal this rift that we have, and you can't heal this rift by going to war. You can heal this rift through cultural imagination and through entertainment and through music and through storytelling. Uh, I am also part of um, a scientific team that has looked through Gallup at uh, what kids in other countries want. And actually we did a survey of 10 Islamic countries that sampled the equivalent of 600 million Muslims and we know exactly how to negotiate, how to create new leadership, how to talk to each other. We, uh, we actually even went to the State Department and offered that we could help create a new environment that would go beyond divisiveness, and nobody was interested. They didn't take your solutions at all, or even your suggestions. I had one con conference call with them, and they found the idea very interesting, but that was it. But uh, I think now we're seeing a new emergence of a new leadership. Perhaps we'll see something else. The very fact that a presidential candidate of the United States could get 200,000 people coming to his rally in Germany uh, is saying that we're getting a new identity. Yeah, and I mean, really all, all we need to do is accept the metric system in the U.S. I mean, I, I think that's the first step. I'm voting for kilometers to be placed, okay? I, I'm voting for the metric system. So I'm the first guy to say it on Geekscape, but we need the metric system. We have Martin in Canada. We, we've got Alex over here from Australia. We need the metric system in our country, and then the walls will start to crumble. Don't you think that's part of it, having, having something like the euro that is in Europe? Yeah, I think the day will come when there will be a global... The economy is already global. I mean, I mean, right. you know, everybody's dependent on everybody else. If the economy collapses right now in the United States, China is in trouble. So, you know, because they have invested so much money here. We are a global culture. We are a global economy. We are soon to become a cross-cultural uh, identity which goes beyond our ethnic boundaries. You know, my uh, son is married to a Chinese-American and, you know, our grandchildren, you can't tell if they're Indian or Chinese or American. I think the day will come where we will go beyond all this narrow, racist, ethnocentric bigotry, and that will be the solution. Mm -hmm. According to Grant, we all, we all came out back from the same place. Absolutely. So, um, the so same getting there is the same. We are the same recycled stuff. <laughs> and, you know, the universe recycles itself. Uh, through us, and uh, right now it's, it's recycling in a very interesting way. And the stories recycle as well. I mean, you look at cultures, they all have a flood story. You know, many of them have the similar themes, the similar stories. Maybe they all came from one place and were told over and over again. Storytelling, like humanity, is just something that continues to feed itself, and you are becoming part of that process now. 
you must be really excited about doing something that this big an undertaking that could have some really amazing consequences. Yeah, no, I'm very excited. I'm also excited that you know, like uh, me and Grant coming together, is uh, would have been unthinkable ten years ago. You know, I come from a completely different culture, completely different imagination. He's writing about my culture, and I'm writing about his culture. What can be more exciting than that? I mean, there's one thing that comic book fans like. It's a good crossover. You know what I mean? They love it when Superman and Batman get together. And I got to tell you, these heroes are real. We have all been fans of, uh, of of Grant Morrison. This is the Deepak Chopra. I mean, that's a bit pretty kick-ass crossover. I mean, what what would you say to all the villains out there who might want to stop you? I think uh, I would say we are now unstoppable. It's like a child that has been born cannot return to the womb. Thank you so much, Deepak. Thank Thanks. you for the interview. Thanks. Good luck with everything. Thank you. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm here with Grant Morrison. Uh, he needs no introduction, really, because if you guys are watching the show, then you guys are already fans of his. But we want to know what Grant is here promoting mainly, and uh, it's this new Virgin uh, Comics line, correct? Yeah, well, this is this. Uh, my part of it is not so much the comics side of it, because I, I'm kind of exclusive to DC for comic books. So we wanted to work with the Virgin guys because it got on so well with them and they're really smart guys and we came up with this notion of doing a bunch of animated shorts which then became the idea of taking the Mahabharata, the great Indian epic and turning it into a bunch of little four minute shorts that would go out as you know, internet content on cell phones. So for me, it was just the big challenge of taking this book. It's like you know, it's like fifteen Bibles stacked one on top of the other, and breaking it down into this really cool hardcore battle story, which has also got an interesting spiritual core to it. Wow. So I mean, you're no, I mean, you're not, you're not afraid to just take something head on by the teeth. Um, most people would buckle under the pressure of, of something that's you know stood that kind of test of time and had that many people following it but how do you take something that ha that has that kind of audience and bring it into a digital realm in, in such small succinct pieces i mean it's, it's got to be a bigger challenge than you just described i mean what what are really some of the things that you that uh that you were challenged with well, it's just been a huge challenge like i say the, the the actual story is enormous it's the story of this a family who kind of splits in two and they, they start to fight one another and this fight becomes the biggest war that's ever been seen it's, it ends an entire age of the earth and the the, the ending of the fight defines the following age which is the one we live in so the whole thing's really relevant to the world we live in so I was kind of trying to bring out the stuff that was most uh, most modern for our audience so we, we took this really ancient story which has in it some really cool stuff there's descriptions of weapons in there that when you read them it's an exact description of how an atomic bomb works wow. so I'm thinking well, do these guys know something you know they're talking about a culture that existed before ours which was of supermen and you know they had atom bombs and flying machines and it's all described in this story like it was historical so I kind of took those elements the sci-fi elements and imagined okay so before our culture began back in the midst of time there was something else a bigger more exalted culture of these super people these warriors and what we're doing is the story of that. So we made it a lot more science fiction. Previous versions of this have been quite historical. And it's, you know, kind of traditional Indian headgear, the whole deal, and sure. the bows and arrows. Sure. But we just decided to go for a real kind of punk sci-fi thing and actually bring it right up to date. And that'll probably translate a lot better to the, like, the cyber, the internet, yeah. tech, cell phone culture. Well, that's what I figured. You know, and even, even in the old stories, they're describing technology that sounds like cell phones. I mean, you should read some of this stuff. It's so that's cool. Nuts. 
and they're actually talking about devices that eliminate the illusion of distance and people talking to one another across thousands of miles. So they're actually talking about technology we've got, but their version of it's even better. So like I say, we created this world, and you know, I think it really it's, it looks really amazing. It's really futuristic looking, but it's set in the past, and I think that's what's going to make it quite interesting. But you're, you're like you said, you're 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 helping with the project, but you're exclusive to DC. I, I, my head's a little turned around. I gotta ask, how did Orion really die? How did he die? He was shot. Because <laughs> I've seen Darkseed beat him up, and, and but but in Final Crisis, your Final Crisis, I'm, I'm going to take that as the official. This is how Orion died. He was shot with a bullet, sent back through time. That that's what I'm going to work with. That's exactly. That's the way it should be, you know. And in the death of you guys, Jim Starlin has a moment in the sixth issue, I think, is where you see Orion getting hit by something, and that's the moment that ties in here, but those battles afterwards, just forget them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I kind of had to go back to the to the, 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 the countdown and be like, wait, but... I think Darcy kills him about five times. <laughs> but we actually, because we had those little continuity glitches, and I thought, okay, I'm going to actually make this work. Because one, one of the things about a big multiverse crisis, a DC crisis, is that you've got to actually make the continuity fit. And so even though I don't like continuity much, I made it a challenge for myself to, to make all that stuff fit. So we've actually got a rationale in the, in the book now that explains why things are a little bit different in different books. Yeah, and what I really like, and, and probably the, the book I'm enjoying the most from you right now, is that All-Star Superman, yeah. because you don't have to work within a, a fixed continuity. You can exactly. just do what you want and tell the perfect Superman story. And it's a beautiful story. You're, you're telling something that has you know, a lot of action, but still has those profound moments. Yeah, what it, I mean, how freeing must it be to do a Superman book like that? And is that your your exact perfect notion of Superman? Would that be your Superman film? Pretty much. That's what I'd love to do. You know, I've I even pitched it to the Superman guys. <laughs> so I mean, we've all been in there pitching the next Superman movie if it ever happens. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, that was me trying to think. What's what's my version of the definitive Superman? You know, and it's always got to have the death of Superman. It's got to have Luthor. It's got to have Lois. And we kind of wanted to do that. And like you say, yeah, it was great to be able to do it without continuity because we could use all the stuff that worked and just throw away all the stuff that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And the profundity of it is the biggest part of it. The the fact that Superman knows that he uh, he's dying. Yeah. You know, um, you love killing our heroes. I, I <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Like they're asking for it, these guys, you know. But they're running around with their bravado, they're just asking to get kicked in the pants. Well, I don't even, I mean, to be honest, I don't even so much like killing them as like messing them up bad. You know, so in, in Batman R.I.P. and in, in Superman and in Final Crisis, these are kind of final stories. The Final Crisis is the last story of the DC Universe as we've known it. All-Star Superman's the last story of my Superman, you know, and Batman's the last story of Bruce Wayne as Batman. So... We're not necessarily killing them. I don't want to tell you what we're actually okay, doing, but you know, like I said before, it's fate's worse than death. I've got planned because I think it's much more fun for a story if there's always the potential for these guys to return in some messed up way. Yeah, and the sales teams like that because <laughs> I mean, it's, what you're doing is, is it's a transformation that a lot you know, and that's a spiritual look at death is that it's more of a, of a transformation to a different life. Um, so you're always working with that, the profound and the spiritual in your work, and, and you're really helping to bring that to a Western audience and this project here yeah. is is the epitome of it did you have any trouble with your uh, dark knight um with the dark knight coming out killing batman off and, and, and changing that character up did dc give you any problems with that no not at all i mean the, the, the great thing is that nobody buys any extra comics even when there's a good movie out, so it doesn't matter even though the dark knight's out there it's a brilliant movie people can still come and read batman r.i.p and i don't think it 
I don't think a lot of the people who saw Dark Knight are going to bother getting into a comic shop because we don't really see any appreciable difference in sales. So my book's for fans, you know, it's for Batman fans, it's for Batman readers, and it's a different audience. So I don't really see any clash there, and I don't think anybody else saw it, so we had no trouble at all. Now, you were talking in your panel just now about the fact that we are all connected. Yeah. Okay, well, can, you, can you define that more for us? And if we are all connected and we're all one hyper-entity, am I the anus? Guys, I feel like I've been kicked around. Like it, yeah. yeah, sometimes. I think it's got multiple anuses. So you <laughs> may be one of them. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, can you describe more of that? Because because it, it blows your mind to think yeah. that we're all part of a connected conscience. And like you said, the themes that have been around for millennia are things that are still showing up today, and they're actually oh, yeah. coming around. The heroes of the past are the same guys. You know, humans have always told the same kind of stories. There's always stories of love. There's always stories of war. There's always stories of betrayal. And people have been telling those stories since we were cavemen. So we haven't changed that much, but. I'll try and explain this as fast as possible. It's, this isn't metaphysics, this is actual physical reality, if you think about it. Because most people don't consider the dimension of time in their lives, because we can't, the way we live is to only see sections of time. So to try and explain it as quickly as possible, in a way that any, everyone will understand. Right, you're, you stand here in front of me with your microphone, but in order to get here, you had to come through that door. So can you point to coming through that door? You know what I mean? In order to get here today, you had to be 10 years old. Can you point to being 10 years old? No, you can't, because in the, the way that we experience time, we can only see it in memory. We can't actually go there, even though we know there is a place called the past mm -hmm. where all this stuff happened and where all those old comics came from and right. where you as a kid live. You can't go there. You can't even point. You can't show me a direction where the past is. But think of yourself as the leading edge of, of you, right? This is you right now. You're moving forward through time. But behind you, there's all these different versions of you going back and back and back. And same for all the guys in here. Same for me. I go back through that door. Now, imagine you could see that in time. It wouldn't just be a guy with a back and a front. It would be a long trailing thing. Yeah, right. And it contains all of you. And it's got all these arms and all these eyes. And it moves backwards through the door and backwards down the stairs. And it's getting younger all the time through that trail. But like I say, we can't see that. But if you could see it, it would look like a huge snake. And it would keep going back, and there's lots of those snakes, and they all weave together. Every one of those kids running about, everyone here all starts going backwards through time. And eventually, you get to be one year old. Somewhere in time, you are right now one year old, because if you were not one year old, you couldn't be here today. Sure. And that one year old then disappears up in his mother's womb. Right? So, but you're still, still physical, you're still the same you, except it's getting smaller and smaller. And then it goes in there, and that same physical thing divides into an egg cell and a sperm cell. And the egg cell grows out of your mother, so it's still present. Nothing's gone away there, right? The actual physical thing of you has now become an egg in your mother and a sperm cell getting up inside your father. And the same thing happens to your mother and father going back into their mothers and fathers, right? So you're starting to see this. Yes. And you take it right back, it's like everybody in the human race goes back to the same human route. And then somewhere along the evolutionary tree we're joined by apes. But it's all still one thing. The tree is the one thing, and the tree is rooted in... Three, three and a half billion years ago in the ocean, which was when the first living cell appeared and started to divide. And as I said in there, the first mitochondrial cell, the DNA cell, is still dividing inside your body right now. It's immortal. It's never died. It never went anywhere. It just keeps dividing and making more copies of itself in all living forms. So what we actually are is this amazing divided single cell 
which has grown itself across three and a half billion years into a gigantic... Imagine, I see it in my head as like an anemone made out of people and bodies, and so we're the leading edge of the smart part of it, because we can think better than most of the other animals. We've got a kind of way of connecting. Speak for yourself. Yeah, well, I'm, just <laughs> I'm watching. I, I, I'm, I'm the anus. I'm the anus, remember. Yeah, well, remember. Even the anus can think. You know, I can see it happening. I can see the, the thoughts churning over there. But so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what it is. If you can understand that simple thing, if you can see the whole thing, the whole idea of life as a, 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 a thing existing in time, and there's only this one huge thing that lives on the planet Earth, a huge living entity that feeds on the, the forests and feeds on itself, and that's us. That's what we really are. And if you can imagine yourself right now, on your body, right, the skin cells come off and die, like millions of them, all the time. Every, every 10 seconds you're losing like millions of skin cells or whatever it is. Can't remember the exact number. But it feeds itself again. Yeah, but imagine you were one of those skin cells. Every single skin cell has got a little architecture inside. It's got proteins. It's got all this stuff. It's got a function. It does things. If there's an infection, the cells will run in and fight the war for you. So imagine how it feels to be one of those cells, you know, in your body. Does it think the way we do? Does it, is it part? So I'm thinking of we're like that on the big body. Because mm -hmm. when one of your cells flakes away, it dries up and it dies. Can you imagine that moment for the little cell that thought it was really cool and it's got a job to do and then suddenly, oh my God, I'm dying. And it drops away. Wow. But your body stays still there. It's part of you dead on the floor, but your body's still alive. Now imagine that on the big scale and the way that we imagine these bodies we're in die and fade and get shriveled and dry and uh, drop dead. But the actual living, the big living thing never dies. It hasn't died yet. It just keeps renewing itself. And we're the cells that allow it to renew itself. And I kind of believe that what we call consciousness, that that sense that we can all think and share thoughts, is actually how the big thing thinks. And we just, we're kind of in the river of that consciousness. When we're alive, you know, and when we die, we leave it. But it doesn't die. It never dies. So I kind of see it as nobody ever dies on the planet, really. I think all of your stories slowly you just all come back to the same sort of themes that you're exploring. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Grant, thank you for being with us. Thanks yeah. for being on Geekscape. Yeah, sorry, you're, I was a bit heavy there. No, <laughs> I think you're, I think I think that's what we want in our geeks. Right. You know, like the smart stuff that can also entertain and uh, and, and and get us thinking. You know what I mean? And inspire us. So thank you so much for giving us thank that. You, thank you. Nice. And good luck with the uh, with the project. We look forward to uh, to downloading it and viewing it. Yeah, I mean, it's looking pretty good already. So hope you enjoy it. Sounds great. Thanks, Grant. Thank Thanks so, guys, that was... Uh, How do you feel? Do you feel... <laughs> my voice is obviously bad, much to the dismay of the audience. But that Grant Morrison thing, oh, that hyper-entity thing... I, okay. As, as he's talking about the hyper-entity, I just kind of... Your brain kind of... Huh? Yeah, your, <laughs> your brain can't process what it's saying, because it's like, this is real... Like, if this was true, if that was true, my God. No, in, in all but, honesty, uh, what I think is cool is that uh, Grant Morrison took, you know, takes like any good, uh, you know, theologist, anybody who, who talks about theories and, and things that are beyond maybe the scope of, of, of the physical, what we can see and believe, uh, he, he broke it down pretty easily. And I know the audience knows what he's talking about. We, ha we don't have any dummies in our, in our audience. Nope. Just hosting the show. Um, we don't have any dummies out there. But, uh, you know, yeah, he he uh, he broke it down for me, and it was fucking cool. I, I love the yeah. fact that we uh, talked to that guy and Grant Morrison. Hopefully, we'll we'll talk to him again. Mm -hmm. um, so, Gears of War two. Let's talk some video games. This is the one that's coming out pretty soon. Uh, in the next couple of months, we're gonna get ourselves Gears of War two. We've all uh, played Gears of War one, and I gotta tell you, it's uh, with Gears of War two coming out, you'll be glad that you did because 
some of the achievements and some of the unlockables are tied into you having played the first one. Yes. Uh, nice. There's, That's there's awesome. three online character skins uh, for playing Gears of War 2 online. Uh, and you can only play as these characters. For if, cogs or for locusts and cogs? Uh, locusts and cogs. So each have three? No, 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 no. Uh, there's three total. Oh. One, though, is uh, the bad motherfucker. You can play as him online if you defeated him in the first Gears of War. The main bad motherfucker. Main bad motherfucker. Oh, cool. So if you've gotten through certain points of the game, or if you've gotten ten dog tags in the original Gears, you'll be able to access a couple more skins for your character when you're playing online multiplayer uh, in Gears of War 2, which you know should kick ass. Yeah, speaking of sequels, uh, I did a focus group for... Are you allowed to say that? Yeah, I didn't sign an NDA. <laughs> I didn't sign shit, motherfucker. I didn't, I didn't sign an NDA. It was yeah, for, I'm uh, not even supposed to exist. Uh, it was for Resistance 2. Uh huh. How was um, it? It looks fantastic. I mean, it looks. Did it play good? Uh, I didn't get to play it because there's still, it, you know, it was only for marketing. Don't touch that controller, son. Stuff. Um, but they they showed us some gameplay footage. They showed us like uh, the the trailers that they're going to be showing for everything. And like I I never played the first one. Resistance. Right. Because yeah, it's the first, cool. It, well, it just sent, it, it felt so throwaway to me. No, you know? my producer let me borrow it, and it was a lot of fun. Really? Yeah, it's like uh, you, it takes place in like even a have Russian a PlayStation Three, PlayStation Two. The, it, it, no, no. What, what Resistance was, was a PlayStation Three exclusive. What was Resistance? It was the one with the Chimera. It was basically like a a Medal oh, of Honor game with with aliens. Oh, I didn't play that. What did I play? I played um, I played the one where Space Invaders. Yeah, I played Space Invaders. No, I played one with it had like a Russian. Uh, you were an underground resistance. You were like a freedom fight, freedom fighters. Okay, that's what I played. But resistance. I think you're making up a name. No, for a game right no, now. I'm not. I fighter. played was, freedom fighter. It was like a freedom fighter. No, it was freedom I, fighter. I played but it. Game. So, but resistance. Now I know what resistance is. Now yes. I get it. So right. Number and, two. Yeah, yeah. And resistance, the first one, like it felt very throwaway. It was like very much like because with first person, first person shooters, it's all about online aspects. Is he on camera, all right? Right. You know, so and and from what I understand, the resistance, the don't first resist. one didn't have, didn't have. You don't resist. <laughs> didn't. Sorry, uh, didn't have very good online. This one though, it's going to be up to sixty players in one game. Who wants that? I you do. You have to fucking Dude. wait for those people. Think about this. What, what? Do you have to wait for those people? Yeah, so like, if oh, they can spawn them in and out of the game, there has to be. Yeah, yeah with sixty people, you, you'd have to be able to nobody. join middle. Of the game, but can you imagine that playing like a, a Halo, y- your little Halo tournaments with our little Halo? Oh. Tournaments. They are, it's like saying your little basketball games. No, to him, I don't yeah, play basketball him. or Halo. But he's still. I don't participate with pounds. team sports. He just forces us to go to his way. improv shows. Oh wait, which wow. no one fucking goes to, but I still win anyway, motherfuckers. If if you two time champion, look, 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 please, please, four people in the audience for voting. Um. Voting for what? Friends do not ask friends to go to improv shows. You just okay? really, you want to, you know, bing! They just don't. Um, the more you know. Uh, so listen, that Gears of War 2, we are talking about that that Resistance 2 game. Resistance 2, I would awesome. definitely say like it, it looks, you, you fight this thing that's the size of like the Chrysler building. That's cool. And That's cool. Like you have to take him down, and like you see them shooting like their AK-47s into him. No effect. Shooting like a a, a, a missile, b- launcher. missile launcher. No effect. Okay, so what do you do? You have to well, spear him with the Empire State Building. Yeah, there's like it, it. It shows. I guess like if you shoot him with the missile launcher when he picks you up, it's oh. gonna put you in his mouth. 
to E, which I'm like, this thing's the size of the Chrysler building. It's the same, it's the same thing, problem I had with the Cloverfield monsters. Like, this thing is huge. Why is it going after something that's that big? Yeah, we you know what? ants. Yeah, it's like, like yeah, okay. You know what's weird? Uh, let's think about that. Because one day we will be invaded by monstrous aliens the size of the Chrysler building. And people are going to be playing these games and be like, I'm just going to wait for him to pick me up before I throw grenades in his mouth. We're being coached the wrong way. Let me tell you something. If I pick up an ant, it ain't getting to my mouth. I'm squeezing it, and its guts are going everywhere. Right. I can't wait for the flood of people being like, I got a grenade. I'm going to let myself get caught. <laughs> By the time it gets to his mouth, his eyeballs are popped out. The motherfucker's dead. Um, I had a guy request, speaking of eyeballs, I had a guy request me kick his eyeball out. What the fuck? I was on Highwood Boulevard, hanging outside the bar, and this guy's like, hey, man, could you do me a favor? Kick my eye out. I'm like... No. You get the kinky shit in Hollywood. No. You do. Keep um, my eyeball out. Are you guys concerned uh, by this? It found out we, we found out that uh, you know this is going around the internet. Seventy-five percent of the games released in this fall quarter is um, they're coming from two different publishers. They're either, either coming from Activision or Electronic Arts. Seventy-five percent of the games released. Uh, but they're major. I mean, they're major studios that own pretty much everything. A ton those of two. People. Right. Yeah. But they also have a lot to say about what gets released. Like, we recently had games like uh, Ghostbusters and uh, w- what's the metal game? The the one from the guy who created Psychonauts? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Brutal. Brutal Legend. Brutal you, Legend, You've got yeah. those games and they're, they may not see the original publishing. They're going to have to find a creative way to come out because right. even though they may still be uh, getting work done... They right. might have a, a tough time getting in the marketplace. Well, here, well, that's how Halo the, figured it out. One of the great things about uh, the, this whole Xbox Live, PSN, you know, is that the indie games are having a resurgence because instead of like making the physical games and like having to do it that way, like having to deal with the cost method. of the yeah, method. they just go to the they just go to the networks and you know do episodic stuff. But could a game as big as something like Brutal Legend or the Ghostbusters game, which is supposed to be like you know a, a game that comes out on the normal media, right? Are you going to be able to just download all this? I mean, uh, you should be able to. I mean, they're making it so that like there's there's in the newest firmware update for PlayStation Three, you're going to be able to uh, actually download the whole game that's on the disc wow. so there won't be any loading times but you have all. to you have to have the get you have to have the disc in it. there to play it is home actually ever going to come out it's i i i have um i download the beta like Did the, you? there's a thing you have to download mm. that then says to the playstation network you're interested in the beta so they say the beta is supposed to come out before the end of the year and they've got this new setup on the uh xbox live that supposedly is going to be a little bit with like you have me type characters and uh, you can get different skins and things like that. Right. From supposedly that's going to come out in November, so we'll see what Xbox Live looks like come Christmas. Uh, there was a rumor that the downloadable content for Grand Theft Auto Four was going to come out in November, which I popped a boner at. But the, the Microsoft says yes. Rockstar Games is like, no, we're not going to have downloadable content until 2009, which makes me a sad kid kicking a can down the street. Yeah. Um, Dude, that Halo thing that got leaked though, what like was the they Halo? are figuring that shit. The Halo out. Four, Halo uh, Four, like the um, no, not the Halo Wars thing, but the uh, Halo Four. Is, is you mean the Halo Four that they say it's going to come out on the next generation of the Xbox? Which I'm like, why? I just finally got <laughs> PlayStation Three, Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, and Wii. I don't need to think about no. another generation. The Infinity Gauntlet is complete. But what about the thing where it's they, where, where you can actually create like 
levels and like you can create worlds and shit like a that. level creator can, like, yeah and you can actually uh. because currently you can if you go into forge you can you know move around levels add a bunch of things you know make your own little games with your own little rules in there and it's awesome but they're adding something where basically it blows the entire thing up and like people can like make levels for themselves and like for their friends and it's like this whole huge thing it's mm. just going to be downloadable they're doing that it's not going to be like that's huge yeah it's they're doing that huge. as well with uh awesome. with little big planet Little little big planet's gonna have a lot of that as well. Spore. And supposedly, the, yeah, supposedly there's gonna be rewards for people who uh, levels you know get downloaded a lot, and because you vote on them, you know what I mean, and uh, and you can champion certain levels. You know, guys, it's just it's just the interactivity that the internet hit. Yeah. You know, video games now that they're online, it's gonna be that same thing. Uh, where people are interactive how, and they love it. Like this, this is I gonna love come, it. this is gonna be out on September second, right? Uh-huh. So uh, next week I'm just gonna be lost in score. Yeah, it comes out in the same week I'm shooting this stuff, and I'm but I'm just like you know what? I gotta. I'm gonna be out. making some money, and then I'm gonna be lost in score for at least at least I've a week. I've gotta figure out how to continue to work with this spore game coming out. Uh, so, um, oh, Sporepedia Ben D B E N D E E. Uh, the great thing is uh, that I've been talking, uh, playing. The, what's been taking up my time this week is that Castle Crashers game that came out a couple days ago. You mean the Xbox Live the Xbox Crasher? Live <laughs> and guys, what we're saying is, uh, oh, is that what they're calling it? No, I just made that up. I now. have not been able to successfully get into a multiplayer game on Xbox Live yet with this Castle Crashers. I want to. It reminds me of Double Dragon, Golden Axe, the, ten- the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle arcade games. Those are always fun. Dude, it looks like games, Alien Hominid, right? It's by the same guys. This game. Is a near perfect experience. Yeah. If I could get into an online game, uh, it would be a perfect experience. But guys, this game is fucking hilarious. I got to this forest level where the fucking there's a giant creature coming, mm-hmm. and every time it stomps, the mo- the little animals that live in the forest start shitting themselves. <laughs> the, <laughs> what? The, the humor. I'm sold. The, the humor in this game pulls no freaking punches. Uh, it is just so damn funny. And, Can you uh, kick someone in it's half? It's spot on. This you chop somebody in half, and the style oh. in this game is hilarious. Yeah, you definitely see head roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, des- you definitely have monsters that are bigger than the screen that you have to fight. And I can only imagine that playing with other people is a million times more fun. But just playing by myself, I have the game almost beat, and every aspect of the game is enjoyable. The, the role playing elements, leveling up your character, getting different uh, weapons. Getting different uh, items, all that stuff is really enjoyable, and uh, it looks like it's tailor made for more downloadable levels. Right. But uh, as it stands, even the music, which sometimes on these games online aren't, isn't that great. Right. The second to last battle takes place in this. There's a trash dump level, mm-hmm. uh, or or a villain that that involves kind of like, he, he kind of fights in this dump, kind of like. Uh, the uh, in the Death Star when they fell in the pit, okay, with the with that little you know monster with the tentacle, it looks like that kind of room and it's full of trash. The music for this fucking bad guy is some of the coolest music I've heard in a video game. What does it sound like, dude? I can't recreate the Do fucking it. music in my head. I can barely remember it. I just know that when I'm playing it, when the fucking adrenaline's rushing through me, I am pumped as hell. See, I uh, felt I felt the same way. Like I really want to get it, but I just bought Braid. On Xbox Braid Live, is phenomenal. And that talk about music on that game yeah, music's great on that. We've been talking about Braid for yeah. the last two weeks running, and but, it's awesome. And yeah. playing it 
flipped my lid and beating it. Well, did you hear about this? My universe. You know about the stars, like the hidden stars. Yeah. With that one, <laughs> like I, I, I was wondering because I saw like you know you see that constellation at the beginning Maybe of the game. Maybe I'll go for the stars next. But that first star, have you heard about that first star? No. It takes an hour. You have to be on that level for an hour and a half. Because the, this, this, there's like this cloud I know where that, that cloud slowly is. moves. I know where that cloud is, and I, and, yeah. I, and I look at the cloud and I think, why is that? What's there? the point of that? You have to wait an hour and a half for it to get into the right place and ride that cloud over until you get to the star. Wow, I do not know like, how dedicated I am. Who is? Who's willing to like wait there? Like I know that uh, people are like, okay, I'm just gonna keep it on there and I'm gonna go away and whatever. But it's like you have your Xbox Live on. For, you know, your yeah. Xbox on for an hour and a half that you're not playing. The controller disconnects. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's crazy, though. But, yeah, Castle Crashers, how much is it? It's, it's $15. Is it it's the same as Braid was, the same yeah. as uh, this um, Bionic Commando it was. Uh, really? These games are worth it, dude. In, in, on the PlayStation Network, it was only $9. Oh. Bionic Commando. That's what I hate about Xbox Live is that you have to buy the mic. You have to buy a certain the, amount of yeah. Microsoft phone. I actually think they would make yeah. more money if you could just buy shit right there. Because yeah. it's easier. I mean, they're making it I, harder for people to buy shit. It's, I, th- I think retarded. if you could do that, they would have changed it. Someone there is counting the beans, and I think yeah. they're making money. And, and I'll tell you this. I am a con- I, I It is just, frustrating. It's like 12 hot dogs yeah. with 16 you know, hot dog buns. It, that's, yeah. that's what it is. I, you know, I, I bought that PlayStation 3 a couple weeks ago. You went half tarred on that one. <laughs> no, I didn't. That is a, that is a <laughs> no, serviceable that metaphor. Sense. That makes sense. I, 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 um, I but I, I'm a convert to this PSN. I want to get PlayStation that. Network is so good. I wish I was a working thespian. It works so well, you know? Um, and, you know, it downloads faster. It, at least I noticed the download. Because I downloaded both, uh, for both systems, the Star Wars thing, just yeah, to see demo. what the... What the difference is I'll tell you this You notice on the Xbox Live Did you play the demo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you notice the, the lip sync was off On the on uh, the Apprentice Yeah, the lip yeah, sync yeah sure it's, not, it's completely fine in the, you know, That's the only thing I noticed The difference between the two That and I love the controller scheme better On uh, the PlayStation 3 But it's like the difference between like A party at a mansion Where it's just you and some old guy and like a party with all your friends in like a that is party. true. Oh, no, no, good that point, is that Gilmore. that absolutely is how true. How do you uh, how do you return? I I have no I I have no retort for that because I haven't played any multiplayer on PlayStation Nobody's Network. There? Well, like the only uh, I sent when I first got it, I sent out, and this is to you, freaking big yanks. I sent out a request, and I still have not been friended on the PlayStation Network by you, Mister. Uh, there are um, other Geekscapists out there. There maybe, is. Maybe you uh, no, go on the Geekscape I, I put up a bunch. All the ones that are up there. Okay. Only three people have friended me. Wow. Why do you guys hate me so much? I have the answers to that question, but I will wait until after the episode to tell you. Uh, listen, guys, Ben is on those forums, and he is asking for your friendship so that he can play a PlayStation game and he won't feel so alone with the old man in that mansion trying to have a party. Uh, so if you're on, if you're on the PlayStation Network. The old Please man is my hand. Befriend this guy, uh, so that when Resistance Two comes out, he has somebody to play with. Um, I need to know at least sixty people. <laughs> yeah, he does need to meet sixty people. They're not. There isn't sixty people on all of PSN. Uh, it's probably true, actually. I have to say, go on the forums, befriend Ben. You can find him at Geekscape.net. A word of warning: if you go on the forums, shit gets really personal up in this, yeah. right? Um. People post things, maybe they shouldn't be posting 
those on a public photos. forum. On a public forum. Like, like if an employer is googling you, which they oh, often you're fucked. do. Yeah, employers totally google you. Right. I, that's why I can never have Wait. a day job again. Sam, thank you. Yeah. My friend Sam. Uh, <laughs> There's a whole thing on Wired. Yeah. In, in Wired this week about that. Really? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. When Laura was a human resource director, she would look up the MySpaces. She would look up Googling. She would do all that stuff. Uh, I did it when I was hiring people. First thing I did was look for their Facebook. And yeah. That's because you wanted to jerk off to them. Because you want to I wanted to see if they were hot. Ass. You yeah. piece of shit. <laughs> so listen, if you, I'm, uh, I, I, the Geekscape forums is where I like to hang out. The Geekscape website's where I like to hang out. But a word of, uh, of caution, if you guys go on there, post... Have fun, but remember that the atmosphere we create here as friends is very much the atmosphere you would get in a comic book store or a record shop, hanging out with your buddies, yeah. having fun. It does get personal, and we do like to rip on each other and josh with each other. And we often do when we're hanging out. We right? are, we always do. I mean, and you guys have watched this episode. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I have to tell you, though, that eventually, eventually feelings do get hurt. Eventually, Ben, ben gets, gets upset. Mad. I cry a lot. Yeah, you ben guys. gets mad. Gilmore pulled me aside a couple times, asking not to be made fun of, but I cannot help it. Uh, <laughs> and I myself have been like, "Wow, is that really what I look like?" It is. Um, is that really what I sound like? Is that really what I sound like? I've gotten calls from John. He's like, "Dude, am I too harsh on people?" Yeah, I, I do. I do try and ask people if I'm going too far with the joking. Uh, but anyway. But anyway, uh, recently, um, I hurt the feelings of a couple of our users. Uh, I've maybe caused a couple to leave, and that's really not the atmosphere that we want. So, we, we've we've caused a couple of people to leave. Yeah. A couple of people have left, and but more have came. But more have come, For and, and that leaves, we have yeah. like ten coming. Yeah, I mean, we're growing, but I just want to know that I just want you guys to know that going forward, this is the atmosphere. This is what you're in for. Uh, if I've insulted you, if I've hurt your feelings, I'm sorry. Uh, recently, our good friend St. Mort's girlfriend, Amy, posted some photos. I, I made a couple okay, comments. Okay, no, give, give the audience okay. some context that we're okay, going over she, a little bit. She is a small, young Asian girl dating St. Mort, who I, who I love. Right? And, uh, what a lucky Gilmore, man, Gilmore, by the get way. Get over here, get over here. She, she's I did, she's I a did cute not, button. Yeah, I did not know that that was, and good for you, St. Moore. Yeah, she, he, this, she is a you. cute girl. But give the context she, of the pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, so she's posting pictures of her partying out with friends, and she's with this guy named Jojo. They're, All right. they're like a bikini party, it, and, a she's, bikini party. And, she's, and she's pointing to this really buff black Yo, his, his abs, this, this, this guy's Nubian abs. Looks like this. I mean... It looks like the anti-that, but give it a They'll year. They'll fight. Give it They'll a year. They'll fight. Like uh, this, guy, this guy had freaking ripped abs, right? The man was in good shape. Regular black guy. And all I could think, watching her and her enthusiasm for these abs it's a positive was, stereotype, was, this guy's got to be banging the shit out of her. <laughs> you know what I mean? You see a picture like that, it's like, you are posting He's a got to be banging the shit out of her. Of someone so physically superior He's physically to your Muppet boyfriend. Wow. I mean, look, I love St. Mort. I do. Don't listen to these I guys, do. Matt. But in but in a but if they're both wearing swim trunks, and and you go to a girl and be like, which one do you want to bang? Jojo may be winning. I do. I mean, I, I if I was inclined, so what did I you would, post? What did you post? I literally no. I, that's what I posted. I wrote. Post? I wrote Jesus Christ, Mort. He's Jojo's probably banging the shit out of her, <laughs> right? That's what I wrote. You know, which is reasonable, but. It's reasonable, but I don't know JoJo's relationship with this young girl. I don't know St. Mort's relationship. I don't know any of this stuff. I'm just posting my, you know, dickheaded first thoughts. 
Of course she saw it. She was upset by this assumption that he was banging the shit out of her. Or that I believe that he was banging the shit out of her. And she got upset. I'm a motherfucker who does a podcast on his couch in his apartment. Alright? Please, don't take my opinion to heart. You'll end up hurt. You know what I mean? Like, who am I to judge you? You learn that pretty fast hanging out with him. Hanging out with me? Just don't you just listen have to, to him. Yeah, brush it off. Brush it off. But listen. Getting used to hanging out with him is like getting used to walking on rocks without shoes on. There you go. It's like getting used there to living go. with herpes. There you go. I'm I'm like a, a non-treatable STD yeah. uh, that you are stuck with. Okay? I don't want you to go anywhere. I sincerely apologize. Uh, but if it's not enough for you... I don't know what to say to keep you watching. You know what I mean? Yeah. For those people who have upset, don't go away. Uh, I want to be able to say I'm sorry, but I just don't know how. My love ain't one of them. I'm sorry. Dance. 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 I'm sorry. Dance. 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 I'm sorry. He's sorry. He's sorry. Jojo. Jojo. I'll watch your dishes. You wanna watch Dexter? Dexter. You wanna watch Dexter? Dexter. You wanna watch Dexter? I'm sorry. He's sorry. He's sorry. He's sorry. Jojo. Back to comics. Back to comics. Back to comics. Dude Ranch. Hey there, cowgirl. Dude Ranch. Foam party. I'm sorry. Hey there, cowgirl. I'm sorry. Dude Ranch. Come on, Geekscape. I'm sorry. Jojo. I'm sorry. Robo titties. I'm sorry. I'm at your house.